0: You think. Welcome to the IWork Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. And we've got in studio today live Chris and Christy Baker. Yes, Chris and Christy Baker, the very couple we had on here a year ago, right before or right after you guys got married, right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, which was it, before or after? I think right before. So we're still working on that communication thing, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. I like to. W- Chris and Christy Baker have been called out of USF. They both graduated from USF. They were called off their USF campus. Guess what? To go where? To go back to USF to minister to the very students that they used to share the hallways and the, the the school classrooms with, Chris and Christy Baker, thank you for joining us on the I Work for Him show.
1: Thank you, thank Jim. You. It's our pleasure. You.
0: Yeah, you say everybody says it's our pleasure. I just hope you feel that way at the end of the show. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> All right. So okay, that's at least truthful. Okay, listen. <laughs> as I try to do at the beginning of every show, I really want my audience to hear as a basis for our conversation, I want my audience to hear how Christ has impacted your life. So, ladies first. Christy, talk about how Christ has impacted your life.
2: Wow. Um, Well, (laughs) you know, I think, oh, I know, Christ has impacted my life so much, and probably more than words can even say I mean he he called me to the mission field which I had on my my own mind had never thought he gave me an amazing husband he uh, he's he's led me on such an amazing path as I followed after him and so uh, it's I think just right there just following falling after him and once I started doing that was when everything changed
0: and that was what stage of your life how old were you when that happened
2: uh, I was in college during my freshman year uh, It was when I gave everything over to the Lord. I uh, started doing a Bible study uh, with a a campus minister who is still on our staff to this day and really it was one of the first times I had sat down with someone one-on-one and started going through the Word and really had someone start to help me go through the Word and then also disciple me and really want to see the change in my life.
0: So it was somebody willing to take time with you mm-hmm. to show you the gospels, to show you the scriptures, to show you the Bible, explain it to you, spend time with you and invest in you. And that's what led
1: you to to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. All right, Chris, your chance, your turn. All right. Well, for me, just like Chrissy was saying, I actually came to know Jesus in college. Uh, my first year when I was out at USF, I actually came out there to kind of live the college lifestyle a bit ashamed to say this but i'd go out there and party and go to ebor and just disturbed the peace pretty much while I was out there.
0: You know, for, just for clarifying, because I know we have listeners all over the world today. and and just USF is University of South Florida. It's in yes. Tampa, and also a, a branch in St. Petersburg. And Ybor City is where they've been rolling Cuban cigars. Not from the ones from Cuba. They've been rolling Cuban cigars since the late 1800s. It's right by Tampa. There's a big party area. Yeah. People get shot and killed there all the time. It's okay. true. Okay, go back.
1: Thank you, Jim. Yep. So yeah, I came out there to basically party. That's why I chose USF, and I did did that for an entire year. Uh, then right at the beginning of my sophomore year, someone started doing a Bible study with me, shared the word with me, showed me who Jesus really was and what it actually meant to follow him. And At that point, that was August 31st of 2005, I gave my life over to Christ. I said, Lord, here I am, take all of me, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, I know that you died on the cross for me, I'm going to follow you with my whole heart at that moment my entire life is transformed. You know, my old friends, they'd call me and say, hey, Chris, we're having this great party tonight. You want to come? And I'd say, No, I'm following Jesus. That's not glorifying God. Why don't you come with me to church? Why don't you come with me to a Bible study? And they all thought that I lost my mind.
0: You (laughs) You did. You had your mind renewed. That's right. You had the renewing of your mind. All right, so all week long, we're talking about calling. On Monday, I had a couple in here that was called out of their workplace with their professional skills, and they were called overseas to use those professional skills in a foreign country in the Middle East and North Africa. And and how the amazing part was how they had always known they were going to be called, but they never imagined that their skills could be used, their day-to-day skills, their professional skills. The funniest part that came out of that conversation was we talked about other job openings that are available on the mission field. And one of the ones for uh, om.org, one of them, they're looking for an outdoors activities director, a guy that wants to mountain climb, mountain bike, <laughs> yes. go to spelunking, whitewater rafting, all of these things. And they can't fill the job. I don't understand. How cool Idea. is that? Who ever heard of a missionary job like that? I'm like, that is awesome. On Tuesday, uh, we had another great show we brought on Halftime, and they talked about the process they do in helping people determine their calling. And those are for people mostly in their, you know, they've already experienced success, and they're like, yeah, this leaves me empty every day. So today, what I want to focus on our conversation is, you guys graduate from college, But God called you right back in to ministry to minister right back at your college. And so it's a little bit different to get called back home. Because it feels like you didn't go anywhere. We got Chris and Christy Baker in studio today. They have been called to the campus of USF, which is University of South Florida, right here in Tampa. And if you want to participate in the discussion or ask questions about your calling, you certainly can call into the studio line 855-265-2929. Okay, Chris and Christy, you were both uh, ministered to on campus, so you were familiar with the process already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God reaches out to you. You respond to him. And you both give your lives to Christ. You go on and you graduate. What was the what was the process like? How did you know you were really being called to go back to USF and, and to be ministers?
1: It's a great question. I'd say it's a multi-step process. Uh, I know for me, um, I had a heart for evangelism. After I gave my life to Christ, I was trying to drag all my friends, all my peers, all my classmates with me, trying to bring them and show them you know what the Bible actually says about who Jesus is and try to save them from hell you know and so as i was doing this i kind of developed a heart for ministry where i could see my heart you know being poured out into this and eventually it came to the point where i realized that this is one of the most important things i could be doing is impacting the souls and saving people from eternal damnation
0: so it came natural to you it just seemed like it was the passion in your heart it was overflowing out of your heart and you're like this is what i really like to do
1: that's how it started you know in, in my heart emotionally and being uh, attached to that, and then I was reading the Bible in uh, in Matthew chapter nine towards the end, where it says where Jesus is speaking, and he says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers into his harvest. And that struck a chord with me. You know that Lord, the Lord just sort of illumined that verse to me. You know, and kind of said, Chris, I'm calling you to be one of my workers, you know, open up your eyes and look around. There's forty thousand college or forty thousand students at this college and only a handful of Christians who are actually out there professing who Christ is. You know, and I, I just realized the harvest is plentiful. It's right here in front of me. People need to hear the gospel right here at home. And so that, you know, kind of confirmed in my heart what the Lord was speaking to me about going into the ministry. And then I went and spoke to our, uh, our head pastor about what God was putting into my heart to kind of get his perspective and everything. And after talking with him, you know, he really said that, hey, Chris, I could really see you doing this. You know, I could really see that call on your life, you know. Go for
0: it. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so Christy, yours was uh, your calling was probably a little bit different than that. What you 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 come to Christ as a freshman? You experience the whole ministry of Cornerstone as you're on campus, graduating from USF. You felt that same call on your life. What was it like for you?
2: Yeah, um, during during that time before you start to you graduate at college, uh, I I started to really think about you know what was I going to do after I graduated and. I knew that my my life was fully surrendered to the Lord, and uh, I wanted it to be what I did was what the Lord was calling me to do. And so I really started to pray about it, and uh, had a had had some struggles at first trying to to hear. Um, in my heart, I just uh, ha- had to lay lay down some of my own wants and desires. And once I really did that and laid it down. And uh, I was really able to hear from from the Lord what He was calling me to do, and I I knew when I was uh, reading through the Word one day that it was it was campus ministry. I, it just really it it struck my heart and really just uh, saw the, the the need there and and the gifting that the Lord had given me, and uh, I went and very much similar to how Chris uh, shared, went to a, our associate pastor's wife and. Uh, sat down with her and just shared with her what the Lord was doing in my heart. And she really, uh, she agreed with that and asked me to pray about it some more. And uh, then I got to share it with uh, our, our pastor and his wife. And, and uh, really just the Lord just continued to confirm it in my heart. And really just uh, as I prayed and really thought after what uh, he was calling me to do, he just kept confirming it. And uh, yeah.
1: Okay,
0: so God calls you to do campus ministry, and He calls you to go back to USF. See, so both graduate from USF, and see so a total peace, no question in your mind. That's what you're supposed to do. That's right. Okay. See, so no. What, Christy? Christy's got a funny <laughs> grin on her face. She's always smiling, but this is a funny grin. What? What? You did have a doubt?
2: I, at the, yeah, at the beginning. What was
0: the, What was the doubt about? Was it about the money?
2: Um, I mean, there's always the, the fear of that, that at first, especially you're like, I'm going to have to go out now. Oh, don't, don't, don't,
0: okay. don't give that away yet. Don't give that away. We're going to get to that. But was there, a, was there any real doubt, though, that that's what God was calling you to do? I mean, you, you, you knew that that's what you're supposed to be doing.
2: Yeah. That, yeah. I, I knew it deep down in my heart that that's what the Lord was calling me to do. All
0: right. Now, so this is, this is what I want the listeners to hear today, because, because I believe that many of us have heard the call of God in our hearts. And and there's no doubt in our mind. But the next step that Chris and Christy had to go through to execute this calling, that's what causes most of us to falter. And that that's the real part of this story. the story, you know. And it was was it 2011? Yes. Okay. So 2011, I get this phone call. I've been working with Platinum Information Services for just over a year. And I get this phone call. She goes. Hi, this is Christy. I'm working with Cornerstone Campus Ministry at USF, and I'm just reaching out to uh, uh, to business people around Tampa Bay. I'm just looking for support for ministry that I'm doing at, on USF campus, and I'm sure she could tell you the whole line because she's done. How many phone calls have you made? Over thousands. Thousands. Thousands, thousands like of phone calls. <laughs> so she's cold calling through phone books and business directories and, and Christian business directories. She's reaching out. And and she's got a cold call for support. That's what causes most of us to falter. It's God calling us, just like, and just keep his perspective. God called Abraham to go to Canaan. He didn't give him a map. He had no GPS. He just said, I want you to go. I mean, isn't that true? Just want you to go. Just like he said. Now, he uh, he said it uh, to um uh, Joshua goes. I want you to go conquer Jer- Jericho. Then you got to go across the Jordan, and he gets there. He goes. And by the way, here's the battle plan. I just want you to walk. I want you to walk around just once a day. Have a leisurely walk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the real battle was to begin. Okay, so you, bu- you guys had to raise your own support. The Cornerstone Campus Ministry does not support you. Correct. You've got to go out and reach out to people, and that's what causes most of us to falter. Just as I have been called to do the I Work Rim radio program, which I've shared on the air so many times, never in the world did I ever dream I'd be on the radio. So God's called me to do this, and now I've got to—Martha to, and I had to take the step of faith to go do this, and we don't know where the money comes from either. Which is the coolest part, because then when you are completely dependent on God, then you'll see the hand of God in this. So as people start hearing advertised on the show, people supporting the show and ministries involved in the show, they'll know God provided each one of those. It had nothing to do with Jim and Martha, just like you guys had to cold call and and ask strangers for money to do what God has called you to do. Yeah. How was that? Christy, did you like that process?
2: At first, it, it sort of it shakes you up. Because uh, there's nothing like cold calling, for sure. <laughs>
0: um, How many people in the world are called to cold call? <laughs> like one out of a million. Yeah. I know a couple of them. Lynn from WTIS, who's uh, trying to sell advertisements for all of our shows here. She was gifted in cold calling. <laughs> Most people, that is a really tough. It's tough, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it, it shakes you at first. But uh, it definitely, It you know, it, I'm so thankful for it. Because it definitely it made me more secure in my faith and what the Lord is calling me to do, um, and so.
0: And you were trying to make two or three hundred phone calls a day, right?
2: It, the the minimum, yeah. <laughs> the
0: minimum. I just want to write out that perspective. You think it's hard being a Christ following a workplace? Just try making two or three hundred cold calls a day. For how many weeks in a row did you do that?
2: Um, it, probably for about six months around that. Um, maybe a little less. It, I mean. There, it, it it depends on the day so.
0: And now when Christy called me I said you know I really don't have any extra room in my support but right now here's what I can do I will connect you with all of my Christian business connections on LinkedIn and I'll introduce you to them and I'll help support you and get your name out there we'll do that and then eventually Martha and I were able to add them to our support and we brought them on the radio last year again something I didn't expect to be able to do <laughs> for you guys but it's been it's been fun but Chris you had to go through the same process
1: yeah Exactly. how did did, did you you don't, did you like it? you know at first coming in there was a hint of fear but then a I hint think, of fear or a boatload of fear There was a boatload of fear but okay. on the other side mm-hmm. in my mind I'm thinking man I, I can do this. it's going to be easy if I just make you know 700 800 phone calls if I call from 9 a.m until 9 p.m., and I can get about 900 calls in during that time. You know, if I just meet with one person every week, you know, from that crop that I call, then I'll I'll have my support race in, like, two weeks. I mean, God's a big God. You know, he can provide a $1,000 partner every month, you know, just like that. And then I got faced with reality where (laughs) it actually took a lot longer than two weeks. How long did it take you? It took me about nine months until I had my minimum support where I could barely go out on the campus and minister and raise support half-time, half half of the week, the other half on the campus.
0: And what did you do for that nine months for living expenses while you're raising money?
1: I trusted God. (laughs) Just believed God for money to come in. I uh, was able to get a couple of partners who were able to donate one-time or once-a-year gifts, and that helped cover ministry and living expenses. But the other part of it just had to start taking it out of my checking and savings account and trust god that he'd be able to make it up and bring in the finances
0: now you guys were both called separately Mm -hmm. yet you have uh then you but you were you knew each other but you didn't know each other did did christy did you already know chris when you decided you were going to do cornerstone campus ministry at the same time
2: yeah i i knew who chris was i knew the name Um, And that was about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. You hadn't gotten on her radar yet. Nope. Unbelievable. Listen, we got to do our book segment. I forgot to do it earlier, and and nobody else knows that but me. But Okay. It's time for our book highlight, one that I believe will deepen the impact Christ is making on your life. And this section is sponsored, as always, by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. The book we're highlighting this week is Halftime by Bob Buford. Are you ready to move into the second half of your life? Tune in. Bob Buford believes the second half of your life can be better than the first. Much better. But first, you need to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. In halftime, Bob Buford focuses on this important time of transition. The time when, as he says, a person moves beyond the first half of the game of life and moves on to the second half. It's halftime, the time of revitalization and for catching a new vision, for living the second half of the half where life can be lived at its most rewarding. This book made a huge impact on my life. Halftime by Bob Buford. you got to read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we've been talking with Chris and Christy Baker. They are missionaries at USF Tampa. That's the University of South Florida in Tampa, not the one in St. Pete, about their calling. And they're calling to be called to the mission field right back home on the campus of the college they graduated from. And before we broke at the bottom of the half hour, we were talking about them having to raise a bunch of money. And Chris had just made the comment, he goes, well, if I make 900 cold calls every day, and from 7 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night or whatever it was, I should have my fundraising done in two weeks and be set and ready to go. That's what you said.
1: That's what I said. Okay. I was wrong.
0: But that's not what happened. (laughs) Right. So why is it... And you said it took you nine months so that you could even do part-time. Yeah. Christy, how long did it take you so you could do part-time?
2: Um, hmm, yeah, one year, I would say.
0: One year. Okay. All right. So, it didn't happen instantaneously. So, if you're being called by God, yet, why didn't God just give you the money right away? Christy, why? No, Ladies first, Chris. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Why do you think God didn't give you the money right away?
2: Um... Well, you know, I think part of it is the Lord, you know, when, uh, when you're raising your support in our situation, uh, you know, he, he used that time for me just to uh, really allow me to build my faith and to lay a later, stronger foundation in what mm-hmm. He was calling me to do. And also for me to know uh, that he was my provider, not me. <laughs> like When you're ra- making cold calls or raising your support for the ministry, it, it, uh, it he has to provide it. And he did. And so
0: That's awesome. Chris, what about you? Why do you think God delayed you nine months from even working part-time?
1: Yeah, well, a lot of what Chrissy said. But uh, in addition to that, I think God was also showing me that ministry is not meant to be done alone. He was breaking that independence and that pride off of me and showing me that, yeah, I need to depend on God, but also on others around me. You know, if, if it wasn't for support raising, we never would have met great man like yourself. We never would have mm-hmm. met dozens and hundreds of our other friends and supporters that we met through cold calling and been able to branch out and uh, shared what God was doing in our lives with others. That never would have happened if we were not called to raise our own funds and cold call.
0: How many people do you have on your newsletter list today?
1: We send out over a thousand newsletters every month. And those
0: are all people that you cold called? Yes. That is awesome. You know, I, I wanted to make sure the audience heard that, because a lot of times we receive a calling, and God's got stuff he needs to work out of us so he can take us from who we are to who he can use, and... First of all, when you I mean that dependency on him to provi- be our number one provider, <laughs> that's a huge step of faith because we like to be self independent. But I think the other thing is to understand that the value of a dollar. Because when you have nothing, you tend to spend money differently than when you have more than nothing, and it really teaches you. You look at you look at it differently. You learn to appreciate money differently, don't you? Oh yeah. That's best I'm mean, going to get Christy is shaking her head. What, what, what is behind that shaking your head thing? They can't see that we don't have any, you know, there's no podcast or video here going. What did you learn about money when, during that process?
2: Um, you know, I learned, you know, we're 8 let's see here. Um, I learned just that how, you know, not just that the Lord was going to provide the funding that I needed, but how he was calling me to spend it also. Mm. And so whether that was, you know, tithing extra or maybe, uh, you know, not having to spend something on, you know, something that I wanted or, you know, having that rulership in my life to say, okay, you know. No, this is what, not what I need, but this is what I do need right. to survive. So
0: Starbucks wasn't part of your budget when you were fundraising. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's probably not part of your budget today. It's not. <laughs> it's not. That's right. $5 coffee, not part Bloody. of the deal. You know, I, I it, it's what God has done in your lives is incredible. And I think it's also important to recognize, ladies and gentlemen of the, of the listening audience, they're cold calling and raising money during the worst economic times ever. Since the Depression, and here in Tampa Bay, for those of you that aren't from Tampa Bay, here in Tampa Bay, it was very bad. I mean, unemployment was never published because the well, we're not going to talk about politics, but they never published true unemployment or underemployment. But it was well into the twenty percent range here because every almost every one of my friends lost their job, and I'm in middle aged crowd, so it's it was tough. And you guys are asking my, asking people for money. When there are a lot of people out there who had no money because they were broke, so did you ever get phone call or people that told you that when you're calling people?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was surprised. Um, Most of the businesses that I talked to, the owners, they said that this that year you know was the worst time that they've ever experienced. I talked to several business owners who had to close their doors or lay off numbers and numbers of employees, and they said they've never seen anything like it.
0: Yeah, no it was awful. Now were you fundraising in, in eleven as well or were you fundraising earlier than that?
1: I was, I started my fundraising in two thousand and nine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Even better. Right yeah. at the beginning of the whole recession.
0: You guys really hit the numbers well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But see, you've got now you have so much more uh, shaping by the Lord, then the people that are coming on to campus ministry today, they got it easy because the economy's better. <laughs> Just remind them that, that it's easy. Just it's yeah. easy. You don't have to make 900 calls a day. You only got to make 150. Right. Okay. So here's what I want to know. You guys are working with students each and every day. And I know you're doing individual Bible studies with them and discipleship. And then you're doing some group Bible studies with them. Mm-hmm. How are you preparing them for receiving their calling for them to learn about their calling from God?
2: Well, we, uh, I mean, during those Bible studies or uh, those group Bible studies that you're talking about, uh, you know, from sort of from the get-go, we really uh, encourage students to really start to hear from the Lord about, you know, what classes to take and so, and, you know, how they should spend their time or how they should spend their money. Uh, But along with that, hearing from the Lord and seeing it in the Word and giving them biblical principles to live by. And so, uh, you know, starting just by hearing and uh, praying, asking the Lord—that was one thing for me—is you got you to gotta ask. <laughs> right. And so asking the Lord, you know, what are you calling me to do? Having having that surrendered and humbled, humbled heart to actually go forth and do that.
0: And, and- Chris you're dealing with young men mm-hmm. how is that process different because women think you know women think in spaghetti lines They're, everything's connected <laughs> everything's connected everything's related men are compartmentalized. How are you teaching young men to to receive their calling from God?
1: Great question I, pretty funny when you uh, said that it reminded me of a, uh, a book women are spaghetti and men are waffles right we're all compartmentalized but it's like that, that
0: is true that's the way God made us. <laughs> yes. we've got to remember when God created Adam and Eve mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. said, I've created them in my image. He didn't say I created Adam in my image or I created Eve in my image. He said I created them in my yep. image. And it is the complexity in the woman's mind and the simplicity <laughs> and compartmentalization in the man's mind. Those are created by God and together in the form of marriage we represent our Heavenly Father. In his image. Not one or the other, but in right. so somehow God has that humor. Well he loved it. I mean God has got a sense of humor because he made women so different. They look, our arms and our legs sort of look the same, but not even that. <laughs> We're so different inside. Okay, sorry. All right, okay, so sorry. you're dealing with Something young back men. Your question. Yeah, okay. so
1: what I notice in young men is a lot of times the men, especially, they'll have sort of their whole life planned out. You know, they'll, they'll have these ambitions and say, okay, you know, I, I want to travel the world and make a lot of money. And, you know, they had these plans before they came to know Christ before they were christians before they surrendered everything to the lordship of jesus and so a lot of times what i'll do is you know i'll I'll ask those students just how you ask me you know how has jesus changed your life how has christ changed your life so i'll ask them that you know how has christ changed your life have you submitted this question to the lord you know if jesus is really your lord if you really are following him then you've got to be willing to lay you know everything down and really hear your calling from god you know because your calling comes from God it's not something that you create on your own And
0: hey Lord this is what I'm going to do yep. would you bless that please exactly. <laughs> that works really good yep. yeah no it doesn't <laughs> in case you're wondering sarcasm noted please okay so you guys are, are you're challenging them you're working with kids mm-hmm. I mean they're kids they're 18 I know they're 18 to 25 because some people are on the 7 year college plan <laughs> Uh Man, you're asking them these tough questions. What I want to know when we come back after the break is how are you challenging them to bring challenging them to bring their calling into the workplace? But the the cool part is the romance that ha- happened between you guys. So you're both raising money. You're both involved in the same ministry. Yet you didn't, Christy. You didn't get into the ministry. You knew of Chris, but you didn't know you weren't dating. Mm-mm. So what what sparked the trigger between you guys, or what triggered the spark? That's what I meant to say.
2: <laughs> um. I mean,
0: she's speechless. Look at that. She's so in awe of you, Chris. She is Look, speechless.
2: Look yeah, at his looks.
0: <laughs> Oh, that's what well, she's. He sucked the breath right out of her. Okay, well, we're going to have to come back to that question, Chris. You, you, when you, how long did you know that Christy was the one for you before she even started to notice you?
1: I would say it was probably about a year. whenever I uh, started to develop feelings for Christy and then kind of saw the confirmation again in the word and reading Proverbs 31 over and over and seeing that all those godly characteristics applied to Christy.
0: They're involved with Cornerstone Campus Ministry, and they met while doing this ministry on the campus. And I want to hear more about that story. Christy, before the break, you were hesitating a little bit. I thought maybe you were having, I don't know, you said that Chris sucked the breath away from you because you're so in awe of his good looks. What you guys were both involved in this ministry. You're raising money. You barely knew he existed. Chris has noticed you for a whole year. You finally pay attention. To what caused you guys to come together and do this ministry together? How in the world did you guys get connected?
2: Well, um, you know, I, I really started to notice Chris's uh, his character and how uh, he was he's following after the Lord and just the godly man he was, and uh, we just became. Uh, friends and we started hanging out more being in the ministry together your the schedule is very much the same and uh, you understand what sort of uh, support raising and all and everything that uh, goes on with that and so uh, just really just seeing the, the man he was right? and having friends around also who who knew him who were able to you know agree with the, his character and stuff.
0: So and then there was this romance and then last year the summer of 2013 you guys get married at the end of July right mm-hmm. that's right July what 27th. Wait, oh don't oh. Christy don't ever tell him the answer he needs to know that I know this one he needs yeah, to know easy one. what it's is
1: it July 27th what's her birthday. Oh, oh, it's 27. 27. It's, 27.
0: No. it's March 27th. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, that Very one. bad. All right, before I go on to my next question, Christy, you said your mom's listening today. Uh,
2: she's, yeah, she's supposed So say be. hi to mom.
0: Hi, mom.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Chris, you said you got an aunt and uncle listening in Virginia. That's right. They better be listening. All right. So we'll say hi to them. <laughs> hey, Uncle Jerry and Celine. Hey, Uncle Jerry and Celine. Tell more people in Virginia about the I Work For Him yes. show. Thanks for listening. Okay, so I want to hear from you guys how you're helping prepare these students for their calling in the workplace, because not everybody gets called back to campus to do campus ministry. The majority of us are called to our cubicles. How are you preparing them to take their faith and live for Christ day to day in the workplace?
1: Don't fight over who gets to go. Chris, go first. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jim. Didn't want to cut you off again, honey. So there's many opportunities for students to get involved uh, in our ministry. You know, from day one, the first thing that uh, I usually take young guys to and tell them about is the usher team where they have an opportunity to start serving in the ministry, start serving in the church, showing up early for church and prayer meetings and setting up all the sound equipment and making sure everything's plugged in and tested so whenever the church service actually starts, everything's running smoothly. You know, it's an opportunity for them to learn how to show up on time, how to be faithful, how to follow directions. And you know, eventually they're raised up through that, where they become leaders. You know, of the usher team, uh, the music group. Oh, you have uh, a big administrative volunteer team where people will come and help out in the office, stamping envelopes and uh, sending out mailings and receipts to all of our partners. So that's a great opportunity for them uh, to kind of learn. All these different things, and how to be a good servant, and how to follow directions, and have a good attitude. So you're trying
0: to instill good skills in them, Christy. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to, to help equip those young ladies into being prepared to take their faith into the workplace?
2: Yeah, a lot. Um, a lot of almost exactly what Chris was saying. We also there's a a greeter team with young women who are able to help uh, greet. People who are coming into church, uh, and then also just uh, for them, uh, just to you know get some of those foundational uh, principles in their lives of just like time management. With us women, it tends to take us a little more time in certain areas. I uh, mean, like
0: getting ready in the morning, <laughs> getting ready—so ridiculous! <laughs> I mean, come on.
2: Or, or talking, or things, or things like that, and um, just with time management. Is a big one and um, and, in practical
0: things. How much interaction do you guys have with students that have graduated, gone through your program, been ministered to, been discipled from, led to Christ, discipled from, they graduate? How often do you get to touch base with those students a year later and ask them these questions about how are you incorporating your faith into the workplace? Do you guys ever get opportunities like that?
1: A lot of the people we actually see just about every week. Because they're going back to church. Exactly, exactly. They're going to church. They're staying connected. We have about 90 uh, people who have graduated from our ministry and are working in the community full time. So we get to see them basically on a weekly basis. And we've had other events um, where they'll share testimonies of how they're using what we taught them through our ministry.
0: Well, give me an example. Don't just tell me they're sharing testimonies. Give me an example of something that they've shared that Mm -hmm. talked about how they've impacted their workplace.
1: Yeah, well, a great example, there's a lady um, who was working for a uh, pregnancy crisis center. And what we teach students is not only how to manage their time, but also how to budget and to do a thing called a PERT chart, where you kind of have a big event and you kind of break it down into a lot smaller steps that need to happen. So she took this concept of this PERT chart and brought it. To this uh, pregnancy crisis center for a big gala fundraiser that they were having, and she wrote the whole chart out on a big whiteboard, and whole, her whole company saw it, and they were able to complete the task ahead of schedule. They're able to do things under budget and raise more funds, just as a direct result of that one simple, you know, tool that we taught students how to use.
0: Now, what crisis pregnancy center is that?
1: It was Life Impact Network, a woman's place. Right Right here in Tampa. Tampa.
0: Well, I figured it was right here in Tampa. That's why I wanted to give him a free plug, that's all. (laughs) Yes. Because there's a lot of crisis pregnancies out there. Christy, what about you? What kind of stories have you heard from your alumni?
2: Um, Well, we have a a young man who got to share a testimony in front of um, some of the deans of the university at a luncheon that we helped host. And uh, he now works for the university as well, and he's been able to use some of those same um, skills Uh, and principles in this new management position he has and being able to sort of revamp the whole thing with just time management or um, how to sort of interact with your fellow core workers or employees and just showing, you know, kindness and godly love. And so, yeah.
0: It was cool. Okay. So here's a question. We're, we're, before we run out of time, I want to talk about, you know, you guys have been cold calling, raising money. You've got, you've got dozens of supporters, yet your support is short right now. So your budget is short. You said you were like 90% of your budget, but you're still mm-hmm. short, like 300 bucks a month, right. something like that. Right. So when you need $300 a month, obviously you've got those thousands of people that you send out the, uh, the newsletter to, and you've got your dozens of supporters. Three hundred dollars doesn't seem like I got people listening on the on the air today. Three hundred bucks is like they throw three hundred bucks away if they go to Starbucks once a day. It's almost three hundred bucks a month now. How how can people get a hold of you to help you help support the ministry your ministry at USF? How do they get a hold of you, Christy, Tell them how do they get a hold of you?
2: Well, uh, either by email um, or by. Our phone number. <laughs>
0: okay, so I, what I will do is I'll post those things because if he's give it out now, the people will forget it. But I will post your email and your phone number. Look for Chris and Chrissy's information on my Facebook tonight. Facebook post tonight. Uh, let's look for iWork for him. If you're not one of our Facebook followers already, and I'll also put and Martha will put that on the website, so it'll be on iWork for him and Facebook tonight. So we'll get that from you. So you guys need 300 bucks. So really, we only need uh, 30 people to give 10 bucks. Right? Yeah, that's yep, right. Okay. Yep. Or 15 people to give 20 bucks.
1: Yeah, right? that works out.
0: Or, Or like 12 people to give 25 bucks. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. 25 bucks a month. How many people waste 25 bucks each and every day? All right, listen, as we come to the end of another I Work for Him show, picture this, if you will. The sun is shining and the clear blue ocean waves are passing by as the Royal Caribbean Brilliance of the Seas cruise ship sails between Tampa and Cozumel. You can almost smell the salt air now as we talk about our plans for the upcoming second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage retreat sponsored by I Work for Him. February 5th through the 9th, of 2015 will be a time when you and your spouse can get away to invest in your marriage. No dishes to do, no sporting events to attend, no cell phones to answer. Just a few days together few days together in a beautiful environment with purposeful discussions on ways to make your marriage strong, as well as plenty of time for those private discussions and alone time built right into the agenda. Plan now to join us for this much-anticipated retreat. Find out all the details on our website, iWorkForHim.com, I work, the number for him.com Next week on Monday's show, we will have Mark Dillon with the C12 Group right here in Tampa Bay. And will he'll be joining us to talk about intentionality. The theme next week is all about intentionality. And he's going to talk and share his testimony about his intentionality in the workplace with his employees as the CEO, the former CEO of Tampa Bay Steel. Don't miss next Monday with Mark Dillon. The I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. We would like you the business owner, the ministry people that believe in the ministry of I Work For Him and what the show stands for. We would like you to help support the vision of I Work For Him. Contact me, jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com. And I can get you details on how you can become part of the growing and expanding I Work For Him program. On our website, iworkforhim.com, you can also find all, t- all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and recommending re- re- reading resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. I'd like to thank my guests today, Chris and Christy Baker with Cornerstone Campus Ministry at USF Tampa. Guys, this was a lot of fun. It was. It was. I am positive the people out there listening today understand more about what it means to be called locally than they ever had before, and they also understand some of the pros and the cons about it. But you guys are a great example for everybody on sticking to it and really touching lives right here local. You guys got called home and it was a privilege. God doesn't trust everybody right to go back to their former minis- their former place where they went. You guys have been called. It was a privilege. Thank you for sharing that today. Listening audience, we are on Facebook. Take time to like us, please. Just search for I Work For Him. If you liked what you heard on today's show, you may want to check out some of our past shows. An archive of all of those shows and links are all on our website, iWorkForHim.com. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.